Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Let's take our Bibles and go to the book of Psalms, and we're going to look at Psalm chapter 119. Two weeks ago, I started a message series called According to Your Word. And uh, we see this phrase throughout Psalm 119 that's a long chapter, 170 some odd verses. But every once in a while, David uses this term, this phrase, according to your word. And then we see what's attached to that. So we've been going through the benefits uh, that are attached to, uh, according to your word, what that means for our life, how to get it in operation, because there's so much good there. But I heard this kid tell me, this student, so I'm not going to take the credit for this, what I'm about to tell you. I'm going to credit a student who came up to me this past week and told me that he uh, considered Orion's belt a big waste of space. Say, thank you, Chris. I got one. Okay. I thought so, too, and I thought that joke deserved only three stars. Okay. All right. God's Word, we learn from the first part, gives you life. And in that life, David says this phrase in it, three different verses that we saw, revive me according to your Word. Or that is to bring to life, to sustain life, to live on. He says, my soul clings to the dust. We know, we understand that our soul is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions, and the, du- the dust simply represents the flesh. And he said, I need a renewed mind is what I need. Because I'm only thinking earthly thoughts. And the scripture teaches us that we now have the mind of Christ to set our minds, set our affection on things above. And that we can live a transformed life by renewing our mind. And the word is what gives you the ability to do that. You get his word in your mouth, your mind starts to change. Amen. Then another, uh, another definition from this word revive also means to be quickened or made alive from sickness and from discouragement from faintness, and from even death. So we find then that the Word offers rest, rest for our weary souls. Jesus said, if you come to me, I will give you rest. Come and make an exchange. You are weighed down with the burdens of life. Let me have that burden, and I'll give you my burden, because my burden is light, and my yoke is easy. Can, aren't you grateful to God for Jesus, that he made that exchange with you. And the last one was, he said, plead my cause and redeem me. Oh, thank God for Jesus, who even right now is pleading our cause. He's speaking on your behalf. The scripture says he ever lives to make intercession for us. That's, he's seated at the right hand of God right now, praying for you. Isn't that good to know today that the son of the living God has you on his mind and that he's praying for you and he's pleading your cause. That's why the scripture says, John says, I write these things so that you do not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the father. In other words, we have somebody who speaks on our behalf, Jesus Christ, the righteous. I'm grateful to God for Jesus today. You know, the devil is your accuser, but that's not the end of the story. Jesus is your mediator. Amen. 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 Praise God. Jesus said in John chapter 6, Verse 63 said, the words, it is the spirit who gives life and the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. That's why it's so important for us to continue to look into the word of God, to hear the word of God, to declare the word of God, because it has in and of itself the power 
The power of God to be expressed in this physical world, in your physical body, in your mind, and in your entire life. That's why we get his word in our mouth. That's why we can declare your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is heaven. Because we don't want just life as the earth offers it because stuff happens. We don't want to live our lives as children of God to to just kind of take life as it comes to us. No, we are here to have dominion over uh, in this world. That's what God called us to do, to take authority, to declare his kingdom in the earth and to see it happen in our own families, in our neighborhoods, in our nation, and ultimately the world. Can I get a good amen this morning? Amen. 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 Psalm chapter 119. Today we're going to get into some other truths from this passage of scripture. And verse 28 says, my soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your word. I love this word for strengthen. It means to arise or to stand. In other words, your word, God's word has the ability to cause you to arise and to stand even when circumstances are heavy, even when the pressure is on, that you don't buckle under pressure. It sustains you in that moment to be able to stand. When everything in you says, you need to lay down, you need to give up, you need to quit, but the Word of God has no quit in it. Amen. My soul melts from heaven to strengthen me according to your Word. Say this with me. God's Word makes me strong. See, this is another benefit that comes to you. And attached in that, in the, in, God has, throughout the Word of God, we see joy and strength close related. As a matter of fact, the scripture says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Proverbs says it like this, that a merry heart is good like a medicine. Strengthening the bones, strengthening the body. So something about the joy of the Lord. Um, And A couple of years ago, Heather and her mother went on a trip to Europe. And so I took it upon myself at this time to surprise her by rebuilding our fence in our backyard. And so Dylan and I took that project on as father and son, and, and we got the job done. But part of the, I did have one issue that I had to deal with, and that was Heather's favorite tree that was in the corner of the yard, against the corner of the fence, and it was a crepe myrtle. I like crepe myrtles. I like, that's one thing I love about McKinney. I mean, it is full. We have a crepe myrtle epidemic in this city. But she particularly likes this one with a really red flower on it. I think it was, I think uh, Ashley told me it was dynamite, the, the dynamite. You may know what I'm talking about, the red flower crepe myrtle. Um, they're, 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 they're a little more special and rare than, than the other ones that you see around town. A lot of times you see the purple and the pink and the white ones. The red one has got a certain beauty about it. So her mother bought this for her for a gift. But in order to redo this fence, I was going to have to transplant that crepe myrtle from the corner of the yard and move it over to the middle of the yard. I'm no horticulturist whatsoever. And so um, I did the best that I could do. Should have YouTubed it, but I didn't. And just took it upon myself to transplant this thing. Well, I didn't give the tree much chance because I didn't salvage enough of the root system. So by the time I got it transplanted, a couple of days later, um, it let me know that it was dead. And uh, so <clears throat> I thought, well, you know, maybe just the fence being built, the good will outweigh the bad. Heather be able to get over this, you know. And then I quickly dismissed that stupid thought and thought, no, i got to think better than that. Uh, so I just thought, well, I'll just go get another one that looks just like it, same height and everything. 
And she'll never have to know. I just won't volunteer that information to her. And so I went and got this tree, which I thought was about the same height, the same color red, and got it planted in the, in the middle of the yard and was so excited. And a couple days later, sure enough, she flies home. And uh, so I could not wait to show her what Dylan and I had done in the worst part of that summer. It was the hottest time of the summer we chose to build that fence. It was over 100 degrees every day. Sweat for you. And <laughs> like she doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> And so I, I cover her eyes, you know, I'm, I'm walking her to the back door so that she can enjoy this new fence. And so as we get there and I take my hand off her eyes, she looks around. And I'm like way anticipating her excitement. She says, where's my tree? I said, see that right there in the middle of the yard? She said, that's not my tree. I said, what, what makes you think that's not your tree? She says, for one, it's not the same size and it's not the same color red. Oh, why does she have to have such keen eyesight? And I said, you got to be kidding me. Okay, honey, this is what happened. Plan did not go very well. So I, once I told her the whole story, you know, and I said, but how about that fence, though, huh? You know, it's kind of an afterthought after that. But in, in having to dig up all that tree over in the corner of the yard, now I've just got a bunch of dirt there. And so I spent the next few days, even weeks, just heavy water in that area so all the grass could go back over and, and my yard could be complete again. Well, somewhere a couple of weeks into it, this sprout comes up. And uh, I thought, well, that's not an ordinary weed, and I know it's not grass. And as I, upon closer inspection, I realized that's a crepe myrtle. And sure enough, that crepe myrtle today is this high again with her beautiful red flowers that she loves so much. God had mercy on me. And uh, one root was still there. But let me tell you something. There was no potential for that thing to come up until water got to it. The Scripture likens the Word of God to water in your life. And, and it doesn't matter what situation that you might find yourself in. It might seem like a hopeless situation. But let me tell you something. When the Word of God is applied, there is strength to come in that moment of weakness. You may have been weak for a long time in your situation, but I'm yeah. telling you, there is no weakness that you're experiencing today that can compare to the power that's in the Word of God, to the strength that will come to you by His Word, because it is ever-living. Our situations and our troubles, they are all temporary, but the Word of God is eternal, and it is a truth that stands to all generations. And Job says it like this, there is hope for a tree when it's cut down. That at the very scent of water, it will spring forth and bud again. So just understand today that the Word of God makes you strong. Whatever situation you might be experiencing today that may seem hopeless, as long as the Word of God gets in your mouth, no situation is hopeless because it has that power and the ability in it to bring life to that which is dead. Nothing is over because the Word of God has no quit in it. And it offers you a strength Beyond your own physical strength. It says, this is why I love the audacity of the scriptures. Joel chapter 3 says, let the weak say, I am strong. Yes. Come on, I want you to say that today. I am strong. Maybe you think, but just think about maybe an area where you have been struggling in your life. Maybe it's a physical weakness. Maybe it's a, 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 a failing in your life. Maybe it's a sin that you're trying to overcome. Whatever it might be, I want you right now thinking about that. Say, I am strong. Because, see, it's his word that makes you strong. And in it is life. It's life to those who find it, the scripture says, and health to all of our flesh. 
Abraham, the father of our faith. When you look, the Bible makes sure to record so much of his life because he, his life is an example of what faith in God looks like. How it helps us to be able to apply some things that Abraham did for us to live by faith because that's what our whole walk of faith is, right? Our, our whole walk with God is. It's about faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Saved by faith and we walk by faith. So we see Abraham's life, and Romans chapter 4, when it's recording uh, part of Abraham's life, it says that Abraham was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. It's an interesting thing. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean that he gave glory to God? What it means is that he started saying what God said. He had heard God promise him multiple descendants, and he was going to bless him, and in him all the nations of the earth be blessed. For 24 years, Abraham heard this promise, and then finally, God changed Abraham's name, Abram's name to Abraham, so that Abraham then had to start saying what God said. He got the promise in his mouth. Abraham means father. Abraham means father of nations, father of many nations. So think about it. Every time Abraham introduced himself, I am father of many nations. Oh, really? Where are your kids? Well, we haven't started our family yet. I'm only 99 years old. Me and Sarah are still trying to get to know each other. She's 90. He's 99. But it says he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. In other words, he was saying the promise. I'm father of a multitude of nations. Father of a multitude. Now, when I started thinking about that, and I've studied a lot on Abraham and preached a lot on Abraham. He's one of my favorite people to talk about. But I, I started trying to see what him, trying to maybe put myself in his shoes and to maybe think what he thought. The first time that he said it, maybe the first day he declared that promise. And how when he said, I'm father of a multitude of nations with not one child in sight, how far away he felt from that actual truth. When he said that truth and then looked at his own life and thought, <laughs> really? And then day two goes by and maybe he had to just, at this point, just feel silly for saying it. Day three, I'm father of a multitude of nations. Maybe at this point, he starts to question whether he heard God right. Did God really say that? Yeah. I'm father of a multitude of nations. Maybe day four kind of routine starts setting in. I'm father of a multitude of nations. Day five. Hmm, day five, it sounded pretty good. Well, maybe he said it again. And as the days rolled on, as the days rolled on, Abraham started feeling strength in his body that he hadn't felt before. Yeah. Thank you. And the scripture says that at one point, he no longer even considered his body being already dead since he was about 100 years old. Neither the deadness of Sarah's womb didn't even calculate it. The more he said it, the more he became convinced of that promise. God is able to perform this. God is able to perform this. It doesn't matter what I'm facing right now. It doesn't matter the weakness that's in my body. It doesn't matter the hopelessness that the world says that I am in, the state of hopelessness. No, he said, it says against all hope, he believed. Against all hope, he hoped anyway. And a year later, Isaac was born. And a year later, Isaac was born. It doesn't matter how long it takes. Will you continue to be strengthened by saying what God has said? Because he's given it to you. Get that word in your mouth. Believe that promise. 
And let me just say this to you today, that whenever you're declaring the Word of God over your life, you're not just speaking a word. You're actually declaring Jesus Christ into your life, into your situation. Because the Scripture says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Think about it. Every time you speak the word, you speak his promise, you're declaring him in your situation. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life, which means, which means there's always a way then. As long as Jesus Christ is the way, then there always is a way. Oh, maybe you've said it. Maybe you've thought there's just no way. There's just no way. Let me tell you something today. If you believe that, then what you're saying is there is no Jesus for me in this situation, and that can't be true. So you need to always say, there is a way because he's the way. I might not see it. Hey, it don't matter if you don't see it. He sees it. He sees ways you don't see. He knows ways you don't know. Believe him today. Be strengthened in his word because that's what it comes to give you in these moments of weakness, in moments of hopelessness, in moments where it looks like there is no way. God always offers a way through his word. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Isn't that a glorious promise? That word resurrection means standing up and recovering again. Jesus is your stand up and recover again. That's what he is for you. Able to bring even life from the dead. Say that with me again. The word of God makes me strong. It makes me stand up. It makes me recover. Hallelujah. Amen. Do you believe that today? Amen. Let's go to Psalm 119, verse 41. I know. Kickoff is in 22 minutes. It's all right. 24 minutes. Let your mercies also come to me, O Lord. Your salvation, how? According to your word. According to your word. God, God's word brings salvation to you. Did you see that? God's word brings salvation. That's how salvation has come to all of us. It's in a message. It's in a message that we preach. It's in a message that we hear. How then shall they hear without a preacher? So when we preach the gospel, that is, we bring glad tidings of good things. We preach a gospel of peace. We don't preach you're such a filthy sinner. We preach Jesus is such a wonderful Savior. (laughs) Amen. Amen. The world knows it's in trouble. What the world needs is hope. It needs hope. And that's what we come to bring. And it's in a word, a word of reconciliation. Now, you and I have a message of reconciliation. What is that message? What is that reconciliation? What does it look like? The scripture says that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. Whether you like it or not, or whether you think it or not, whether you believe it or not, it's still true. God does not hold your sin against you any longer. If he does, he's not just. If he does, he's not just. That means Jesus didn't pay the full payment, but he did pay the full payment. Jesus paid it all. And God blamed Jesus for all of our wrongs, all of our sins, all of our misgivings, all of our malpractice. God blamed Jesus for all of it. Behold, the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. And when that happened, when God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, we then became the righteousness of God in him. So in God's mind, this whole world, it's all finished. It's all done. The world is reconciled. But if it's going to be your reality, you must believe it. That's the only thing that you can give in this. 
in this exchange. That's the only thing that you can offer in this salvation is to believe it. Is to believe what? To believe this word. Peter talked about, uh, he, he led Cornelius to Christ. He led Cornelius and all of his house to Jesus by, by saying these words in Acts chapter 10. He said, to him, all the prophets witness. Whoever believes on him will receive remission of sins. And while Peter was still preaching, speaking those words, the Spirit, the Spirit of God fell upon all those who heard the word. That's amazing to me. And, and they were saved in that moment. And God gave them the gift of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? Nobody did anything to receive that salvation in the way that we do it in church a lot. Nobody raised their hand. Yeah, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. Nobody stood up. Nobody came forward. Nobody even prayed a prayer. All they did was hear words. They heard words. They, were, they heard hope. Yeah. Whoever believes on him receives remission of sins. And men, and this is the precedent-setting moment for how us, Gentiles, outsiders, people like us get saved. That is simply to believe on Jesus. That's it. Yeah. And Peter later on is telling this story in Acts chapter 11 because after he left this Gentile's house, which, which was against the Jewish law to do, he had to go explain it to his brothers. They said, what are you doing eating with those bacon eaters? What are you doing eating on all that non-kosher food? And Peter, so he goes through this story and says, hey, I was summoned by, by the Lord to do this because this guy named Cornelius had some angel come and visit him and the angel said he, he had to send for me down to Joppa and I had to come and preach the gospel. He said, but one of the things that angel told him was this in verse 14 this angel told Cornelius who will tell you words that's speaking of Peter he will tell you words by which you and all your household will be saved did you see that so we understand this is one of the one of the most important verses in the entire New Testament it's one that's not often highlighted but it's extremely important to our experience of how we're saved we must hear words what are those words Christ died for your sins he was buried and he rose again the third day that's the gospel that's the glorious gospel Whoever believes that will receive remission of sins. Believe on him. See that? Who will tell you words. It's not works that save you. It's words that save you. That's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not going to add to it. I like it the way it is. Hallelujah. I'm not going to add some man-made stuff. I'm not going to add men's works to it and try to make people feel like they have to earn good graces with God because you can't earn it. Jesus earned it for you. Jesus reconciled us to God. Hallelujah. How many of you have ever been to the circus here and watched the trapeze act? You know, in that world of the, of the acrobats, there are the flyers and the catchers. And both of their functions are quite different. The flyers are those who sail through the air, flipping as they go. And then at the end of the rotation, they're hanging in midair and they're heading toward the catcher. Now, their natural impulse is to Grab a hold of the catcher. Wouldn't that be your natural impulse? Right? You're hanging midair after flipping all over the place, have no idea where you are, and you're heading towards somebody whose arms are open. I mean, aren't you going to grab anything you can't? But they have to deny that impulse because they know it actually works against them. They have to simply let the catcher catch them. You cannot trust your own self. You cannot trust your own merits. You cannot trust your own ways in order to come into a right relationship with God. The Bible will not allow that. The Scripture does not allow God does not allow that. He will catch you. Hallelujah. If you'll just fly by faith into His loving arms of grace and of love, just know that not only will He catch you, but He will keep you in His grasp. Jesus said, I keep mine in my, in my hand, and no one can snatch them from my hand. Let the catcher catch you. 
That is, believe this message. Believe the glorious words of this gospel. Don't trust yourself. Put all your trust in Jesus. Because he, he did it for you. He did it for you. He died for your sins so that you don't have to die from your sins. The word of God brings salvation. And lastly, lastly, I'm getting through it. God's word. Look at this, verse 58. If someone, someone 19, I entreated your favor. The word favor here actually means face or presence. I entreated your face or your presence with my whole heart. Be merciful to me according to your word. The word merciful is a glorious word. It's the Hebrew word hanan, H-A-N-A-N. Let's all try to say it together. Hanan, all right? And it means to be gracious or to show favor. That's nice. Be gracious to me. Show favor to me. How? According to your word. See, it's through the Word of God that you understand that God shows you favoritism. God's Word shows you favoritism. At one time, when you read that, especially throughout the, the Old Testament, you read about the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Amalekites, the Israelites, but now in Christ Jesus, He's only got favorites. Hallelujah. I'm grateful to God for that. God is no respecter of persons. He favors all of us. Through his gospel. He says, be merciful or be gracious to me. Show me favor according to your word. Now, two more scriptures here. Luke chapter 1, we read the the story of um, uh, the angel Gabriel coming to a young lady by, by the name of Mary. And this is how he introduced himself. And having come in, the angel said to her, rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Wow, what an announcement that must have been. Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, I want to just give you the, the, the root word for that term, highly favored. It's an interesting word. It's a Greek word, Greek word, keratao. Come on, let's go ahead and say that one today. Keratao. It's C-H-A-R-I-T-O-O. And this is what keratao means. Endue with special honor. Well, that makes sense to us, doesn't it? that God was enduing Mary with special honor, that she would be the one, this virgin would be the one who would bear the Son of God in her own body, and she would birth him into the world. That's an amazing thing. I would say that she was endued with special honor, wouldn't you? And does not she deserve a very special place of honor in the kingdom of God as a whole? Absolutely. Does she deserve worship? Absolutely not. That's only for God. Some take that too far. I won't say who, but some take it too far. And, and, and worship her. Like, like we don't have access to God. We have to go through her. No, 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 no. Jesus brought us into full access with God. All right? So we can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. But let us not. Let us not take away from the honor that is due the mother of Jesus. Even Jesus, when he was dying on that cross, made sure to hand over the care of his mother to the beloved disciple John. It says, from that day forward, John took her into his house and cared for her. She deserves honor, especially for all the scrutiny that she would face. When you got to tell people you're pregnant by God, you're going to face a little criticism in life. You think your Christianity is persecuted. Try telling people you're having God's baby. (laughs) Yeah. And she was willing to do it. And by the end of this conversation with the angel, she said, be it unto me according to your word. You know, that needs to be our heart's cry 
in every situation. Lord, be it unto me according to your word. This is what you promise. Let that be unto me. I don't want the normal life. I don't want average. I don't want to take life as it comes to me. I want my life to be done according to your word. I want my experiences to be according to your word. Hmm? Do you agree with me today? You receive that? According to your words. Won't you say that with me? Be it unto me. According to your word. So this word karatao, in due with special honor, to make accepted, to be highly favored. No doubt about it. And it's a very special word. It's only used one other time in the scripture. That's how unique this word is. That's how special it is. So I want to go to the other place to show you something really marvelous today. I think it will encourage you. And it's Ephesians chapter 1. It says, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. Now I'm going to ask you this question just like I did the first service. Is the us that's in this verse also the us that's in this room today? Hmm? It's important that you make sure that you, that you see that because sometimes when we read us, we think it's us there in the Bible. Is the us here, are you all been brought into adoption as sons by Jesus Christ? Is that, is that applied to us today? Okay, so I want you to see yourself here, all right? Because if you don't see yourself here, you'll miss it. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. In other words, it's because he wanted to do it. Next, verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the blood. Now, is the us in verse 6 the same us that's in verse 5 that's also the same us that's here in this room today? Hmm? Okay, so are you then accepted in the beloved? Is that us, you? Okay, thank you for your participation today. By which he made us. Who made you accepted? Did you make you accepted or did he make you accepted? Oh, you couldn't be accepted by your own good stuff. Jesus had to make you accepted. He made you accepted. Now, listen to this. The word accepted is the word keratao. He made you to be endued with special honor. He made you highly favored. Oh, you mean the same favor that was on Mary is on you? That's what the Bible says. The same favor he showed her is the same favorite. Now, that doesn't mean that you're all going to have God's baby. That's not what I'm talking about. The blessing, the same blessing that was on her is on you. Are you hearing me today? I said the same blessing that was on her is on you. That's what makes us all equal in the kingdom of God. Not our works of righteousness, but by his favor. Now, I have a question today to close. What's harder to get into? Harvard, NASA, or heaven? Harvard is one of the most prestigious universities in the world. And this school, now listen to this, for the class of 2020, they accepted 5.2% of roughly 39,000 applications. And as their president said, we could fill our class twice over with valedictorians. Then there's this other prestigious school in New York City, and it's an elementary school. And the admissions process in New York City is utterly grueling to this school. Uh, among all the exemplary schools, this one stands out as the gold standard. It's called Hunter College Elementary School. Anybody ever heard of it? Hunter 
College and elementary. <laughs> right there together. It kind of tells you what kind of school it is. Hunter College Elementary School. Each year, Hunter chooses 25 girls and 25 boys from all of Manhattan to be admitted into its incoming kindergarten class. They're hand-selected from a pool of about 2,500 applicants, according uh, to their school's website. That makes the acceptance rate for Hunter 2%. How about NASA's class of 2017? They, this year, this year they received 8,300 applications for less than 15 slots. So if 14 people are selected, the acceptance rate will be 0.08%. Wow. So submitting an application is just the beginning of an 18-month process that ends in the selection of 8 to 14 individuals for the opportunity to become astronaut candidates. The answer to that question, which is harder to get into, really depends on how one applies it. Because if you hope to get into any of those institutions based on personal merit, then the answer is heaven is the most exclusive. The Bible makes it clear that no one meets the standards for holiness required for entrance into heaven. It declares all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So since sinners aren't allowed into heaven, then that's a 0% acceptance rate. Well, that's not the end of the story. If, however, you hope to have entrance into heaven by grace or by favor from God, in that case, well, NASA is going to be the hardest one to get into because you don't get in that way. And heaven goes from the hardest to the easiest. The Bible says that all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And that's a 100% acceptance rate. God saved you by His grace when you believed on Him. And you can't take credit for this. I can't take credit for this because it is solely a gift from God. So today, let me encourage you. If you don't know the Lord, if you don't have a relationship with Him, if you don't know that when you die, that heaven is your home. You can know today. Let me encourage you to call on the name of the Lord and you will be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Trust in what Jesus did for you is all that you need to have a good, right, fulfilling relationship with God because he so loves you. He didn't want to have heaven without you. So he gave you his greatest gift. He gave you everything he could by giving his son. Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the benefits of the word. And Lord, how we can live according to your word when we experience, God, that your word shows favoritism to us. Your message is favor to all men. Through the Lord Jesus Christ, the angel announced peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Thank you, God, that you favor all of us. And if we will simply believe it, we will live in the reality of that favor. And that your word brings salvation to us. That message of reconciliation. That you, God, reconcile the world in Christ Jesus. And you don't hold our sins against us any longer. The arms are welcomed, open to all of us who will come to you by faith to believe. And to receive your grace. And we thank you for the strength that your word brings us. That in times of duress, 
in times of stress, in times of sickness, in times of weakness, in times of wanting to throw in the towel and quit. There's a strength that comes from your word that that, that comes from the depths of our very souls that says, no, I'm going to stand because his word is what makes me stand. I'm going to rise above. I'm going to recover. I'm going to be restored because his word has all the power to do that for my life. Thank you, Lord, for that. As long as your word is in our hearts and on our mouths, God, there is always hope for our situation. Thank you, Lord. There is nothing greater than your promise. So we hold on to your promise today, and we declare, let it be to me according to your word. In the name of Jesus, thank you for that. Your word is life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for meeting every need here. Lord, there's, there are plenty of needs here in this room, and you know what they are. But you said if you'll ask, you'll receive. Right now, whatever need you have, just give it to God. Ask him to help you. Ask him for healing. Ask him for help. Ask him for provision. Whatever it is. Ask him for restoration. Whatever it is, just speak it to him right now. And believe. And believe. That he hears you. And the scripture says, we know if he hears us, then we get what we ask for. And he's here. And he hears you. Believe him today. Thank you, Lord, for these answered prayers today. Thank you for meeting their needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name and all God's people said, amen Amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.